Now, in all honesty, in three weeks, we're just going to scratch the surface of what God's Word has to say about prayer, but hopefully we do it in a significant enough way because we know that for you, many of you are in different places on your journey as you journey through your life in Christ. And so for some of you, you come here this day as we talk about prayer, and you have a very strong prayer life. This is a very vibrant prayer life, and you feel very connected and close to God in your prayers. And so our prayer for you in this series is that this would just be a continued encouragement to keep going, just keep going in that prayer life. For, for some of you, your prayer life right now is a real struggle. Maybe it's just the circumstances of life. Maybe you've never had a strong prayer life. And so, so our encouragement to you, our prayer for you, is that maybe God will use some of what is talked about in these next three weeks to help build a stronger prayer life or encourage you and give you tools to have a stronger prayer life. Some of you maybe are in the middle somewhere. And so our prayer is just that God would continue to encourage you along that journey. The reason we're talking about prayers is because one of the commitments we made for this next year is that we're gonna intentionally engage we're going to intentionally engage in growing as disciples of Jesus Christ. And one of those areas, one of the marks of a disciple that we read throughout the scriptures is somebody who spends time in prayer. And yet when we talk about that, all too often I hear this is, is, is Pastor, I don't know how to pray. pray. I, I don't know, what is prayer? Like, are my prayers acceptable? Are they okay? Are they, are they good? Like, like, how do I know if I have a good prayer or a bad prayer? Or, or some people say, I don't, I don't like to pray out loud or in front of people because... I don't know how to pray. And that's what we want to talk about. And so this first week, we're going to just talk about learning to engage in the act of prayer. Next week, we're going to look at a story of somebody who prayed and how God responded. And we're going to turn, talk about learning to trust in the midst of our prayers. And then in the third week, we're going to talk about learning to listen. Meaning, when God responds to our prayers, how do we listen for his response? But as we approach this topic this morning, let's spend some time in prayer, preparing ourselves for what God is going to speak. We pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together, the opportunity to spend time with you, to, to learn how to engage even in the act of prayer. For some of us, that is a normal everyday thing. And for others, we struggle just to remember to pray. So wherever we're at, Lord, wherever we, we find ourselves in this journey of prayer, we ask we pray that you would grow us, encourage us, motivate us, and equip us to be a people of prayer. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So when my wife and I started dating, and even through the very first part of our marriage together, I came to understand that when I would say, hey, honey, let's go out for date night, that phrase meant something completely different to my wife than it meant to me. Okay, so, so date night to me meant I'm going to look up the best movies that are out in the movie theater right now. I'm going to find my favorite movie and then I'm going to buy tickets and we're going to go and we're going to sit right next to each other, conversation optional, and we're going to watch a movie together. Now, unless if it's Marvel, my wife would have been like, yeah, absolutely, let's go to Marvel movies. But, but for other things, she's like, you know, so, so that was not her best idea of a date night though. Like, like mine was, yeah, let's get a babysitter for the kids, watch them overnight. We go to a movie, we go home. And we sleep, because you don't sleep when you have kids at home. So, so and then we could just take a nap, we go to bed. So, so, so this was my idea. 
For Delina, though, her idea was, uh, yeah, instead of a movie, can we go out to eat? Because what she would have preferred is instead of having the chairs facing this way, what she wanted is she wanted the chairs facing this way. Because there's a difference, right? When the chairs are facing forward, kind of like when you're at worship, you don't really talk to the person next to you unless the sermon's getting long, right? So, so, but otherwise, you don't talk to the person next to you. you. You watch what's going on up front. But if you're out to eat with somebody and you're like this on a date, except in today's world where most of our youth, instead of dating the person across from them, date their phone, right? Because this is date night for most of our youth now. But, but if they put the phone away and, and actually have a conversation with the person in front of them, you know, that... That's a different way to have date night, isn't it? Because in this respect, now you're, you're hearing from the other person, you're growing, you're learning about them because one of the things we understand is that communication will always build connection. Conversation builds connection. Now, I'm not saying that's a good or bad connection. It just builds a connection because you could go on a date with somebody and it could end very poorly, right? And so you grew in your connection, just you grew, that connection is a bad connection, and maybe that ends your dating together, but, but you still grew. You got to know them better. You got to realize that's not the right person. So, so communication builds connection. And when we talk about prayer, the definition of prayer is a crying out to, a calling out to, a, a talking to someone else. It's a conversation. That's prayer. And when we talk prayer, we're talking about a conversation with God. And I think sometimes we lose that understanding because we come to church and what we do is we sit in rows facing forward instead of thinking about a conversation like this in prayer with God. That's what prayer is. And yet for many of us, the question that I oftentimes receive and I receive from many is, is okay, but, but how do we pray? So when I received, and I did receive a whole bunch of people who responded and said, said here are some of my questions about prayer, and I'll answer as many as I can throughout this series. Is, is the most common was, how do I pray? Like, what's the how-to of prayer? Because throughout our life, we're always concerned with how-to. Like, how-to do my job. How-to raise my children. How-to be a good spouse. How-to, right? And so, so we talk to people. We get mentors. We go through schooling. We have internships. Whatever that is. So we can learn how-to do what we're called to do. Because we want to know what is the right way to do it. And for many of us, we're like, well, so, so how do I pray? Like, what's the right way to pray? What are the right words? What is the right phrases? What is the right structure? How do I do this? Because we're, we're so concerned with doing it right. It's a little bit like this. So, so when I first started dating, uh, and the first girl I ever went out with, uh, we would talk on the phone. And so at that time, I would say, hey, I'll call you around 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock. And so those were the days where you would have those, those older phones where you actually, like, dialed them. And then if you got a number wrong or your, your finger slipped and you only went, so you have to hang up and start all over again. You remember that? And then we would have those super long cords so I could call somebody from one room and then I'd go all the way to a different room and stretch the cord out as far as possible to get away from my brother and sister so that they weren't listening on my conversation. And, and those were the days where you would listen for the click because that meant somebody picked up the other line and was listening as well. 
You remember those days, right? Or, or you would time it, like if you knew your parents were getting a phone call from like your teacher, you would time it so that you would pick up at the same time they would pick up so you could listen in without them knowing you were listening in. Okay, some of those are, maybe that's just me. So, so but anyways, uh, so, so we would do this. So, but I was so concerned about the conversation because I really was socially awkward, especially around girls in, in high school. My wife is totally agreeing at this time. And uh, totally socially awkward that this is how socially awkward I was. I would write down an agenda of all the things I wanted to talk with her about because I was so worried that either there was gonna be dead silence or I was gonna say something wrong. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna write everything down so that this conversation goes perfectly so that she'll want me to call her again. Right? Because because why do you want to know how to do something? You want to know how to do something so that when you do it, you do it right so that the other person enjoys what you were doing so that you get the right response out of it, right? And I think prayer is like that. Like we're like, like, how do I pray? What are the magic words for prayer? Like, how does this conversation go? Like, I need to know how to do this so I can get the right response out of God. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. How do you pray and is there a right way to pray? If you'd open up your Bibles to Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, you can find on page 811 in the Bibles in front of you. Otherwise, if you brought your Bible from home, awesome, or you can look it up um, on, an, on an app, a Bible app, but, but Matthew chapter 6. Now, we're going to hear the words of Jesus where he's going to teach what we call the Lord's Prayer. Now, understand this, that, that Jesus doesn't call it the Lord's Prayer. Uh, the Bible doesn't call it the Lord's Prayer. It is a title we have given to it. And you're not even going to see the fullness. The end of the Lord's Prayer actually isn't even in the Bible as the ending to the Lord's Prayer. It was added later. And that's okay because we'll see that Jesus ne never meant for this specifically to be a prayer you had to pray. But it was more of a, a formula or a way that you could pray. We'll talk about that in a second. But we see that Jesus actually teaches this prayer more than once. So in Luke chapter 11, Jesus taught this prayer in a different setting, which probably meant that, that there were multiple times throughout Jesus' ministry where when people would ask him, how do you pray? He would teach it. In fact, Luke 11, the disciples say to Jesus, Jesus, John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. So, so teach us how to pray just like John taught his disciples. And so they were basically asking the same thing. They were asking the how to, how to Pray. How do you have this conversation? Jesus says this, Matthew chapter 6. And when you pray, Jesus said, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who is in secret will reward you. So notice the first thing he does is don't be like the hypocrites. Now that word hypocrite in the scriptures would mean someone who is an actor. Someone who is pretending to be something they're not. And what Jesus is saying is, is don't put on a religious show. Because you're not fooling me. Your religious show, your religious bravado, it doesn't mean anything. Other people may go, man, look at them. Look how awesome they are. Look how great they pray. Look at, but, but if there's nothing behind it, God knows that. And your prayer is not for others. Your prayer is for growth in your relationship with God. So he says, don't be like those who just heap up empty words, but, but do it, go off by yourself. One of my favorite times of the day is in the early morning. I love to come into to church before anyone gets here during the summer. That's a lot easier because I don't have to drop my children off. But, but usually I drop my children off, come straight into church. And many times I'm one of the first ones in the office. And I love being the first in the office because I go into my office and I close the door. 
and I sit down with my Bible, and every morning it's the same routine. I read a chapter of scripture, and then I spend time in prayer. And I'll pray some of the prayer requests we have on our prayer request list. I'll pray certain things that are going on in our church. I'll pray about things going on in my family, pray about things going on in the community. I'll pray for many of you. I'll pray for us together. But I get to just spend some time with God in prayer. Before people knock on my door, before I check my emails, before my phone starts going off, or even while it's going off, but it's off on the side in a cupboard away from me where I can't look at it, before my phone's ringing in my office, before any of that starts going on, I get to just spend time me and God. And I need to encourage you, where is your prayer closet? Where is your space where you can get away and just be you and God? Just the two of you. Because we need that. We need to have that because if conversation builds connection, if communication builds connection, then prayer is that communication that builds a connection with the one who loves us and has given everything for us. And then at the end, Jesus says, says, and you, those who see you do this in secret, God will reward you. Now, I need to, to clarify what that reward is because many times we think reward is how God answers our prayer. So if I pray the right way, then God will give me what I ask for. And we're going to talk much more about that in week three. But that's not how it works because what I believe that when you read scripture, that prayer is its own reward. It's not the answer to prayer, but prayer itself is its own reward. Because what prayer does is prayer more closely connects you with God. Prayer is not you drawing God into your presence because God isn't there. It's God who is already present with you, opening your eyes to see that you are already with him. And so prayer in many ways is its own reward because you see that connection growing between you and the one who has given you everything. And so Jesus continues and says this, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard by their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you even ask it. At that time, in that culture, rabbis would actually teach that the longer the prayer is, the better the prayer, and maybe the better the answer. Or, or the, the, what he called the Gentiles, the pagans, those who worshiped false gods, they were actually told that, that if you used big enough words and glorious enough words and had elegant and elaborate prayers, that God, the gods would be so honored by your sacrifice that they would give you what you want, or just annoy them with how long your prayer is and then they will answer you, kind of like a child who annoys his parents long enough, right? And so, so they would say it's one of those two ways. And Jesus says, no, no, it doesn't work that way. He says, God already knows what you're gonna pray about. God already knows what you need. God already knows what you want. Just pray. It doesn't matter the length. In fact, if you would read through scripture, you will see that there are some prayers that are three chapters long and there are some prayers that are three verses long. And both of them are equal in the power that they contain, because it's not our power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. But if you look at both of these, both of these examples that Jesus gives, there is one problem that unites both of them. Do you see what that problem is? It's me. It's you, right? In both of them, it's, it's look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, or hear me, hear me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, right? In fact, if you're a mom right now, you're going, yeah, I hear that all the time from my children. 
Mom, mom, listen to me. Mom, look at me. Mom, are you watching? Mom, are you there? Mom, do you hear what's going on? Mom, mom, right? Like, like it just drives you crazy. And so in both of these, that's what it is. It's like, look at me, listen to me, hear me. It's all about me, 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 me. And, and God is going, no, no, that's not what prayer is about. Prayer is not about just you. So we'll talk about why that's so significant, but prayer is more about us opening our eyes to see the God who is already with us. So Jesus then goes and says this significant phrase, and we oftentimes pass over it to get to the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus says, pray then like this. There are two significant things in that one simple phrase, pray then like this. Number one, do you know how amazing it is that Jesus invites you to pray to him? How amazing that is. Like, if you wanted to go to the White House and meet with the president, if you just crash the White House, you're either going to get arrested or shot, right? If you wanted to go to England and go to the palace and and have lunch with the Queen of England, like, you need an invitation because you're not getting in any other way. The royal guard's going to arrest you. If you wanted to sit down and have have lunch at, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers' house or Christian Yelich's house or pick your favorite athlete's house, like you are not crashing their house. The only way you're getting in is if they invite you. And only an exclusive group of people ever get those invitations. And yet how amazing it is that the God of the universe, who is holy, who is above all things, who is perfect, who has all things at his disposal, who needs nothing from you and has everything sufficient in himself, invites you to spend time with him, to pray. And the second thing he says there is pray then like this, meaning in this manner. It doesn't mean you have to pray exactly these words. And then he goes through the Lord's Prayer and he says, you can actually either use these words or you can use these ideas and concepts to pray for yourself in in your own way, in your own words. But either way, he says, I just want you to pray. Because what we see here is actually this, is that prayer is much more about relationship and reliance than request and response. That's what prayer is. In fact, if you're reading through this, as you were reading through this and you hear that Jesus says, I already know what you're going to pray about. If that's the case, then why do you need to pray? Right? I mean, think about it this way. Does God know exactly what you're going to say and exactly what you're going to ask for before the words even come out of your mouth? Absolutely, he does. Does he already know how he's going to respond to that prayer before you even pray that prayer? Absolutely, he does. He knows all things. So if he already knows your prayers and already knows how he's going to respond, then why in the world does he want us to pray? Because it's much less about the request and the response and much more about the relationship and the reliance. God is building a relationship with you and he is causing you to trust more deeply in his love, in his grace, in his mercy, in his justice, in who he is. He doesn't need you to go, go, God, look at me, God, hear me, God, God. He already knows. He is saying, look at me. Open up your eyes and see me. I am already here with you. And it more closely connects us to the heart of God. And yet some of us, we, we still do struggle with this. But Paul actually addresses this. This was from our epistle reading. Would you read these words with me as he talks about those that struggle with prayer? Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, and he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. 
She says, in your prayers, you will have weakness, meaning, meaning you will have short-sightedness, you will have a lack, a limitation of faith, a vision, of understanding, of power, of insight. But that is okay to say, I am not strong in my prayers. It is okay to say, Lord, I don't have the words because his response is, you may not, but the Spirit does, and he groans out for you in words that you don't even have yourself. It's okay to say, I don't know the right words because there is no magic words. There is no magic formula. There is no perfect prayer. There is only spending time with God, spending time talking with him and having a relationship with him. And notice it says, then the Spirit intercedes for us, meaning the Spirit is praying for us. Which is why uh, some people ask, so, so is talking into my head to God praying? Yeah, absolutely it is. And you can pray to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In fact, most of us pray to the Father, the Son, but if the Holy Spirit, who we know and believe is part of the Trinity, we can play, pray through the Holy Spirit. And we don't need anybody else. We don't need to pray to anybody else but Father, Son, and Holy Spirit because they are the ones who intercede for us. They stand before and intercede on our behalf. And they groan and they cry out for us on our behalf and in our place. And as we pray, notice it says what he does. It says in verse 27, And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Notice the two things. It says, He knows your heart, and he knows the mind of the Spirit in accordance to the will of God. Those are two very different things. It's a little bit like this. For those of you who have children, you oftentimes know what is in their heart, meaning you know what they are passionate about, you know what they want, you, you know the desires of their heart, but you also know in your mind that sometimes the desires of their heart is not what's best for them. That they want something, they desire something, they have a passion for something that is not good for them in the long run, right? So, so for instance, what sounds great to my children is cake for breakfast. Cake for breakfast is not always what's best for my children in the morning. So there are times, pretty much every time, where I say no cake for breakfast, right? But that sounds great to them, but it's not good for them, so I say no. And we're going to talk about this much more in week three when we talk about learning to listen. But in those cases, God says, I listen, I know, I search your heart, but I know that what comes out of your heart, Jesus himself says this in the book of Matthew, what comes out of your heart sometimes is lust and passion and evil desires and all sorts of wickedness for out of them, from what comes out of your mouth comes from your heart. And so I'm not going to give you always what's in your heart, but I'm going to give you what is necessary in alignment with the mind of the spirit, which is in alignment with the will of God. And so when it comes to prayer, we don't just pray from our heart, because I'll hear that a lot, you know, just pray whatever's on your heart. But if what's on our heart is sometimes what is evil, then it's not just pray what's on your heart, but pray from your faith, not just your heart. Pray from your faith. Because your faith is in alignment with the Holy Spirit. Your faith is in alignment with what God wants. So pray not just from your heart, but pray from your faith. Because when you pray from faith, that faith is reliance and it's relationship. So when people say, well, well, how do I pray? Like, am I praying right? You know you're praying right if you're praying more about relationship and reliance than request and response. If you're praying more because you just want to be with God, then you want something from God. And God doesn't judge your prayers, right? Like, like God isn't standing up in heaven looking down at you and going, all right, this morning, let's see, uh, yeah, you A minus on your prayers, and you got a B plus, and uh, you might need to stay after church so we can talk. 
right? Like, like God doesn't look at your prayers and do that. God says, I just, I just, I want you to pray. Like, when you spend time with God, I, I truly believe this, that God's response is, man, how awesome is it that my children just want to spend time with me? How amazing is it that my child, my son or my daughter, they just want to have a conversation with me this morning. I just love this. That they just want to sit here and they just want to spend time with me and they just want to talk with me. That's all, that's, that's all it is. So when you pray, if you're struggling with prayer, let, let me help you with this one tip. This is something I learned. When I was first learning to pray and I was struggling with it, I had somebody who came to me and said, you know what, the way that I understand prayer or the way that I look at prayer is just pretend that you are out at your favorite restaurant having a conversation with Jesus. So when I, growing up, that probably was McDonald's now, probably AJ's or Chili's or something like that. But just pretend you're at your favorite restaurant and you're sitting across the table from Jesus. Just talk to him. Just pretend you're having a conversation with Jesus. That's prayer. No magic formula, no special words. You don't have to use elaborate words. It's just a simple conversation with Jesus. Jesus, I know you know what's going on today, but you know, this is my day. This is how I'm feeling. Because what it's about, it's about relationship and reliance. It's about you being more closely connected. Let, let me give you this one tip though about this, okay? So, I think that sometimes our prayers resemble much more to-do lists than conversations, right? Like, hey, Jesus, um, as we're talking, uh, here's the to-do list for you for this week. If you could, like, fix my job and fix my marriage and help my children, I, like, it's like a honey-do list for Jesus. Like, like, that is not the fullest scope of prayer. That's a part of it. But we're missing out on how amazing prayer is if the only thing our prayer has become is a to-do list for Jesus. There is so much more to prayer than just that. In fact, one of the ways that I understand prayer, and sometimes I'll structure prayer, is I'll structure it this way, using this acronym ACTS. In fact, I'd love for you to pull out your uh, worship bulletins that you got on your way in. If you turn to the back side, you'll see ACTS on the back side. Each of those letters stands for something. And it's a way that I learned to structure my prayers. And if that works for you, awesome. If you have another way you structure prayer, that is awesome as well. Like I said, there's no perfect formula. This is just one way to do it as you have a conversation with God. And the first part about prayer is, is that first part of prayer is actually adoration. It's just saying, God, I just adore you. You are awesome. I love you so much. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your majesty. You are marvelous. The beauty of your creation is, is beyond words. God, I, I praise you for your patience. I praise you for your love. Just praise God, right? Like, like, think about it this way. If you were on a date, a first date, would you only talk about yourself? No, right? That's probably not the best way to do it, but you talk about the other person. And so spend time just praising God because you get to see him better. And the second part is in response to how amazing God is in praising him. Then just confess, God, you are so awesome, but you know what? I'm not. And I, I, I've messed up in this way and I've failed in that way. And, and I need your forgiveness and I need your grace because I fall so far short and just spend time listing out those things that you would ask God's forgiveness. He knows them already. It's, you're not revealing something to God he hasn't already figured out. Like he's seen it all. The third part is thanksgiving. Just give thanks. God, thank you so much that you're with me. Thank you so much for your grace. Thank you so much for my daily bread. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my children. 
God, thank you for all that you have done. And that last part, it's supplication. This is the request of, of our faith. It's saying, God, right now I'm struggling with this. W- would you help me? God, right now my, my children are walking away from the church. God, would you help me figure out how to reach out to them? God, right now I have a family member who's in the hospital. Would you heal them? These are your requests. And the best part is God listens. As you come to him in adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, God listens to you. So we want you to have the opportunity just to spend some time with God this morning. And so whether you're using this and there's space for you in here to write this down. So if you, if you need to write things down because it just helps you better, spend some time writing things down and then praying. And, but if you have another way that you like to pray, another formula for prayer, use that or just spend time talking to God this morning and crying out to God or pray the words of the song because we're about to, to have someone sing a solo this morning and as she sings a solo, Listen to the words. I'm not going to be on the screen because we want you to spend time with God, but maybe your prayer is the prayers of the words of this song. For the next two to three minutes, just spend some time with God and have a conversation with Him and pour out your heart, a heart of faith that God would listen and draw you closer to Himself. Spend some time with God in prayer.
God, thank you for hearing us. Thank you for listening to our prayers. Thank you for drawing us to yourself and building a stronger connection to you. Help us, Lord, to be a people of prayer. Draw us to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen.